well, there's no other way to say this but to say it, and it's going to come off very derogatory, but there's so much truth in this, it's fucking ridiculous. So I heard this saying that said, pay attention, women, he should make your panties wet and not your eyes. And although that's very true, no man should ever make a woman cry. The woman should make his dick hard and not his life. That's the other side of the coin. And yes, like I said, very derogatory, but it's very direct and there is so much meaning behind it. This podcast is going to cover dating. And it's going to cover when you should date, when you shouldn't date, and why. Why should you date? And why there are those certain times where you absolutely should not date. Absolutely should not. If you've recently come out of a relationship, you should not date. Now that's the simplest, easiest way I can put it. You definitely should not date just coming out of a relationship. I've been guilty of this in past years, many, many years ago. God, I can't remember last time I dated long before marriage, that's for sure. Um, I'm not even sure I know how to date or talk to the opposite sex right now. Um, I've recently come out of an 11-year relationship, a marriage, and I have no intentions of dating right now. To be honest with you, I've seen the dating pool. There's a lot of sewage in there, and until somebody calls the fucking pool company and has that shit cleaned up, I'm not going swimming. And that's the best way that I can put it. It's scary looking into the dating pool right now. It's scary looking at what people do to each other. I have so many friends and family members that date. Some of them are in relationships they've been in for a while. And I hear the stories. And not just from the guys complaining about the girls they're with or their wives. Um, you know, it, not all of them is dating, but you know, obviously some of them are relationships just in general. And, and I see where a lot of them are going these days. And I covered a lot of this in my last podcast um, called That's a Problem. But I see a lot of my friends and family that are dating these days. And I hear about the stuff that goes on in today's dating world and I am just I have no response to half of it half of it I'm I just find myself sitting there thinking is this what it's gone to in the past I don't know, 11 years that I was in a marriage that I was in a relationship is this what dating has evolved into some of the things that are so horrible before I get into um, why you should or shouldn't date, when you should or shouldn't date. Let me just comment on some of the things I hear about and I see going on in today's day and age of dating. And first and foremost, the runaway society, the throwaway society, which I'm not going to delve too much into that. You can go listen to the podcast called That's a Problem. Um, and you can hear my full opinion on today's throwaway society, how people just throw relationships away but just to touch on that real quick because that's a very important part of this is that people aren't dating for the right reasons nowadays people aren't dating with the intentions of getting to know another person people aren't dating with the intentions of potentially starting a future 
with another person, having a companion, having a soulmate, having somebody that completes them and comforts them and supports them and goes through life's journeys with them, good or bad, good times or bad times, hardships or exciting, fun things that happen in their life that they just want to share with people. People seem to be dating nowadays just for some immediate satisfaction. Uh, sex is a huge part of it. Everything is very physical nowadays versus emotional or mental. Um, there is that gratification of what people are calling intimacy. And I hear people refer to things as intimacy. And I just want to walk around and hand out dictionaries. People are so convoluted that they're so distracted in everything that they're seeing nowadays. They honestly have no idea, no concept on what the fuck intimacy actually means. People are thinking, if I go to a bar and I get drunk, or I go to a party and get drunk, and I go home and I have sex with this other person, you know, we were very intimate. No, you absolutely were not. Now, can physical touch and a physical connection and a physical act be intimate? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a full intimate level of that. There's a full aspect of intimacy in physical touch. It is a huge part of it. But there's other things that need to be met for that to be possible. You have to have feelings for this other person. You have to have a connection with this other person other than just physical. There has to be so much more for that physical touch or that physical act to be considered intimate or intimacy. People are diving into relationships for somebody to party with or for somebody to show off, or for somebody to, like I said, just have sex with. They're not in relationships for what should be the right reasons. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with just having a partner to date, somebody to have to meet these needs that you have, like I just explained, with no intentions of going into a fully committed relationship. There's nothing wrong with that if that's truly where you're at and who you are and what you're looking for out of life. Maybe you have many other priorities going on, other things going on in your life, your career, or you're trying to buy and establish a home to set some roots, to set grounds for what you want your future to be later on. Maybe you have been in past relationships and you are just not ready to take that step, but you still want companionship in your life and that's all fine there's absolutely nothing wrong with that the problem that comes in with that is so many people are doing that nowadays but they're not telling the other person that that's where they're at in their lives they're not telling the other person being upfront and honest and telling whoever it is that they're talking to or they're dating that that's exactly where they stand what they're looking for and what they're not looking for. And they're allowing this other person to develop these feelings, to develop this bond, to develop this connection with them, all the while knowing that that's not what they want, but they never told this other person. And that creates a big, big problem. That creates a big issue for both people because now that person, may it be you, 
that doesn't want that connection, doesn't want that full-blown relationship, it creates a problem for you because now you have to deal with the repercussions of that. You have to deal with the downfall of that when that other person is now hurt and going through this, feeling the way that they're feeling, feeling like you used them, you screwed them over, you took advantage of them, you played them. You have to deal with that in the image that that creates for you. And you did it to yourself. It creates a problem for the person on the receiving end because they were not aware up front that that's what you wanted or didn't want. They were not aware up front that those were your intentions. They were not aware up front that you had no intentions of taking it to that next level or allowing it to get that deep. You allowed them to get closer to you and you acknowledge that and you saw it happening and you didn't stop them and become honest and upfront with them. And nobody who has ever walked the face of this planet has ever been in some type of relationship with somebody and not realized that that other person was getting attached to them or that other person was becoming more serious or things were getting to a deeper level with you coming from that person. You know when somebody else is getting attached to you. You know when somebody's requiring more from you or more from that relationship. You know when you become a priority in somebody's life. People will make it very clear to you if you are a priority in their life. They will make it very clear to you if you mean something to them more than just a casual companion. Let's talk about something that's going on in the dating world that has become such a huge trend. It's almost like it's a social media play. Like it's something everyone's doing as a fun habit. And I've covered this on multiple platforms, but it needs to be said here. It needs to be added into this because it's such a huge part of this and huge part of the dating world today that if you're entering into the dating world, you need to be prepped for it and you need to be aware of it. The problem is you can't prepare for it, but you can acknowledge that it's happening and you have to acknowledge that when it begins to happen and you start to see the signs that you can say, okay, I know what this is and I'm out. I'm the fuck out of here. I ain't playing around. I'm not doing this shit. I'm not waiting around. And it's called ghosting. I made a joke to this with my 17-year-old son, and I said, why y'all calling it ghosting? It's because you motherfuckers can't spell ignore. And he looked at me like, what? And I said, you're ignoring somebody. That's what you're doing. So why did they create a name called ghosting he goes dead it's ghosting that's what that's what it's called it's ghosting i go no it's fucking ignoring somebody and you guys just renamed it ghosting and he thought i was crazy but nonetheless he did eventually see my point and he said yeah i guess it is the same thing i said well there's no guessing about it it definitely is the same thing and so what it is essentially is ignoring and it's when you start to talk to somebody and then all of a sudden, they don't respond anymore. You don't hear from them. You, Snap is such a common thing nowadays. And, and Snapchat used to be, and 
to some people it still is. And they say it's the app for cheaters because anything that you send to Snap instantly deletes. So if you somebody sends you a picture and you look at it, they say that you can't go back and look at it and then it disappears. That's not entirely true. Um, not every picture they send you disappears right away. Um, a lot of times you can hold down after you view it and it goes away, you can hold down on it in the chat and replay it if it's a video or a picture and you can see it again. You can screenshot it, you can click the three buttons and hit save in chat or save to camera roll. You can do all kinds of things. You can also change the settings so that when you talk to somebody, it doesn't delete right away. Now, when a lot of friends start asking me again, Snap, I said, you guys are crazy. Why don't you just text me? It's the same thing. And they said, no, there, there's so many more things you can do with it. And you have so much more fun with it. You can send videos. You can just send random pictures. You can put writing or captions on it and change the font on everything. Um, you can do all kinds of filters. You can do all kinds of cool, fun things with it. So I said, all right, well, I'll check it out. And I did, and I really got to liking it. And um, the first thing I did right away is because it automatically defaults to delete. So what I did right away is I changed the settings so that none of my conversations or none of the pictures or videos shared delete right away. I changed it so they all stay there because they would send me a message or I would send them one and we get busy working or whatever and it'd be an hour or two hours or whatever later in the day before I go back to it and they would reply and all the messages before that were gone. And I wouldn't know what the hell they were talking about. So I changed it. So can it be an app for cheaters or people that cheat? Yeah, I, I can clearly see that. But that's not a, you know, it's not a guaranteed thing. And that's not the only reason that people use Snapchat. But nonetheless, the point I'm getting to is a lot of people snap nowadays. Or they'll text or the select few that actually talk on the phone. So we'll say that you're talking with somebody, you've been talking to them for a couple of days, maybe you hung out once or twice, maybe you didn't, and then all of a sudden you send them a message, a text, a snap, whatever, and they don't reply. Okay, well they may be busy. Later in the day you send them another one, no reply. The next day you send them another one, no reply. They're ghosting you. That's what it is. They're ignoring you. So they just decided for whatever reason that they didn't want to talk to you anymore, they don't want to hang out with you, and they ghost you, they ignore you, and that's that. Now, in the generation I was brought up, and I just assumed that you know there were still parents raising their kids with some type of morals and some type of ethics, that they would tell somebody, like we did growing up, like when I used to be in the dating pool many years ago, if you didn't want to talk to somebody, you would just tell them, you know, listen, this isn't working out for me, I just... It seems like we're on different wavelengths or whatever the case may be, and this just isn't for me anymore, and, and I just don't want to date anymore. And we would break up with people. You would you would face that confrontation. You would give them the due respect to tell them, hey, listen, you know, just this isn't for me anymore. You know, I, I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't see this going anywhere. If it's just starting off and you're realizing this after a couple of days, you know, I don't see this going anywhere or for whatever reason, you would tell the other person, you would give them the respect, and you would tell them. Why? Because in fucking kindergarten, we were taught to treat people the way you want to be treated. Do you want to be lied to? Do you want to be disrespected? Do you want to be embarrassed? Do you want to be humiliated? Do you want to be ignored? 
That's a big one. A lot of people can't. I can't stand it. I cannot stand when people ignore me. If I send you a message within a timely manner, I understand people get busy. Answer me back, even if you just say, busy, talk to you later. A simple text, anything like that. Do you want to be insulted? Do you want to be thrown out like a piece of trash and just ignored? No, you don't. So why would you do it to other people? How would you feel if any of that was done to you? You wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like any of it. Nobody wants to go through those things. Nobody wants to be treated that way. So why would you do it to anybody else? But this is the new wave of dating. This is what people do. And this isn't just a generational thing. This isn't just teenage kids. This isn't just younger people in their 20s. There are people in their 30s, 40s, 50s doing this. They're back in the dating pool for whatever reason. Maybe they came out of a long-term relationship. Maybe they came out of a marriage and they found themselves single in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. And they're doing this. This is what people are doing to each other at all age levels. And they are completely disrespecting one another and humiliating one another and just downright being ugly and nasty to each other. These are some of the things that you have to deal with in today's day and age. These are things that you have to deal with if you decide to start dating again. Dating apps is a huge thing. So many people are on all these dating. There is a dating app for everything. Some of them I find quite hysterical. Now, Tinder has always been the most common one. That's the popular one. Back many years ago, there was one called Ashley Madison, and that one was actually designed. Get this. You can't make this up. I'm not bullshitting you. It was designed for people that were in relationships that were not sexually being fulfilled by their partner. So you could create a discreet Ashley Madison account and you could go on there create a profile and find matches to other people in the same situation in your area and you could agree to meet up at a hotel in a car under a bridge if that's what you wanted to do anywhere you want have sex with this other person and then go your own ways no commitment no strings attached no nothing and you could have your sexual needs met that way and you got to stay in your marriage. Absolutely fucking vile. Disgusting. I cannot come up with enough nasty and disgusting words to explain this. The best part about Ashley Madison is a teenage boy who sat in his parents' house and never had much of a social interaction with anybody, never had much of a social life, became quite fluential in his own little world. And in his own little world, that was on the computer. And he belonged to a network of young kids that were in the same situation and had the same social outlooks as him and kept to themselves. And they had their own little network of computer hacking. And they literally taught themselves how to do this. There's an entire story on it. You can look it up. There's interviews about this um, that are now out that have since been released. But years ago, and some of you may have heard this before, that's how Ashley Madison was brought down. This kid's mother had an Ashley Madison profile and was having an affair on his father. And this kid found out about it. He hacked the Ashley Madison server 
and he made thousands upon thousands of profiles public. They went out everywhere. The divorce rate went through the roof over the next six, seven, eight months. People were getting divorced left and right because as soon as it became public, everybody knew what Ashley Madison was. Most never thought their partner would be on it or have anything to do with it. So as soon as it came out, of course, inquiring minds wanted to know. What if my friend is on there? What if my sister's husband's on there? What if my girlfriend's husband or boyfriend's on there? So on and so forth. And people started looking at these as soon as it all became public and found that their own spouses were on there. Yeah. That entire dating franchise was brought to their knees instantly. But since then, Tinder has become the new norm. Tinder has become the big thing, the number one name, but there are so many of them. There is, I think there's one called Bumble, there's Hinge. I looked into these at one time and I was genuinely curious about how many there were and what the names were because I had seen one pop up on my TV that was called Christian Mingle. And then another one I had uh, seen pop up on a TikTok video that was called Farmers Only. And they were quite quite humorous to me and I thought it was pretty funny when I'd seen some of these so I looked them up but so I'd found that there were so many of them and if you do have an account on TikTok and you watch the videos for laughs or whatever like most of us do um, I'm finding myself watching it less and less I used to watch it non-stop but there's so many sad and depressing videos on there it's uh it's enough to make you not want anything to do with it but if you watch it for long enough and you're scrolling through within 20, 30 minutes of scrolling through, and it's nothing to scroll through TikTok videos for hours and just get zoned into it, you will see one after the next just randomly pop up. Are you a single mother? Are you a single parent? Are you trying to find singles in your area? And they just pop up left and right. And there's a different name for every single one of them. So dating sites are the new norm. That's the big thing. Nobody wants to go out and have social interactions with people. Nobody wants to go out and meet people. Nobody wants to have these conversations with people. Nobody wants the awkwardness of getting to know somebody. I remember back when I was dating, that was one of the best things. Of course it was nerve-wracking. Of course you took a big risk that the person would shoot you down right to your face. Of course you took many risks and many you know, many leaps to try to have a conversation with somebody that you thought was physically attractive because, of course, the initial reason anybody talks to anybody is because they think that they're attractive. That's what, I mean, you, you can't have another reason. I know it sounds vain, but you can't have another reason to initially start talking to somebody because you don't know them. You've never talked to them. You're, you're not starting something with them because you think they're funny or you think they're sweet or you think they have a good personality because you don't know them. You just, you physically see them. You haven't talked to them, nothing. So you initially start talking to somebody because you, you think they're attractive. Okay, so nobody is going to look at somebody anymore out in a public setting and think that person's attractive. I would like to talk to them and, you know, see what they're all about. Get to know them. Maybe they're an interesting person. Maybe they're funny. Maybe we have a lot in common. Could be anything. But nobody's taking that risk anymore. So people run straight to social media and they run right to the dating apps. And that is another huge problem nowadays because it's so readily available with all of these dating websites. And because so many people are doing it, there are so many people on there to pick and choose from that if you do get into a relationship with somebody, 
that's one of the reasons these people aren't telling the other person right off the bat what their intentions are because they feel that they don't have to. They feel, okay, well, I'm just going to look into them and if they're not going to give me what I want, if you're just looking for a physical aspect or if they're not, uh, you know, maybe they're not looking for just the physical aspect. Maybe they're looking for something more. But after a date or two or after talking for a few days via messaging or on the phone or whatever it may be, you find that they're not what you're into or they're not a good match for you. They don't have to tell them, hey, I'm sorry, you know, we talked for a few days, but it turns out you're just not what I'm looking for. They don't have to have that conversation. They can just start ignoring them. They can ghost them. And then they just swipe to the next person on the dating app and try it again. And this has become such a huge problem because nobody is communicating anymore. Nobody is doing anything. So when they do find themselves into a relationship that leads into something more serious, they've grown into a serious relationship or they've grown into a marriage or living together, something at that higher level, at that level that there's much more risk now or there's much more commitment, there's much more involved in it. When they find themselves into that, because they had gone through this dating pool and the way that things are nowadays and the things that they have learned, they now find themselves, even though that they have gotten past that whole dating experience and that saga of the way things are, they find themselves still holding on to many of those same traits. And many of those same traits are they don't know how to communicate. They're not communicating with their partner. Maybe things seem great right off the bat and for the next few months, which they call the honeymoon stage, when you have that infatuation and you are adapting to that other person and you're really growing to like that other person and you see it moving somewhere, growing to the next level, you see potential in that relationship and you continue to move it forward. But then maybe eventually some of the things start to come up. Now they say when relationships end, if you look back at the beginning of that relationship, because subconsciously it's there, but you don't acknowledge it in the beginning because you are in that honeymoon stage. You are in that infatuation stage and you don't realize a lot of it. You ignore a lot of things that you normally wouldn't ignore. And I'll get to the reasons why that is very soon. But you ignore a lot of those things that you normally wouldn't ignore. So when you get into a lengthier relationship or a more serious relationship, and then if that relationship does come to an end, you will find that many of the times that you see relationships end are for things that you ignored in the beginning. And let me tell you how you can see that clearly. Look at relationships your friends or your family members have been into that have gone awry, that have gone south, relationships that have ended. You will always hear almost every time, you will always hear almost one of those people say, they had a problem with me doing this. I've been doing this as long as we've been together, before we even got together. I've always been this kind of person. I've done this, this, or this. They never had a problem with it before. Now all of a sudden it's a big problem and nobody understands why. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I've said that many times myself. I've been in relationships that have ended and I said, you know, they came to me and said that this was a huge problem or all of a sudden they didn't like this about me anymore. 
And I've said to them, I've been that way my whole life, or I've always done that. That's something I've always done. You've never had a problem with it. Why is it a problem now? That's it. That's it right there. It's because they normally would not have liked that, whether it be a good thing, a bad thing, or just something that, that they're just not keen on, something that they just don't like for whatever reason. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad or an evil or malicious thing. It could just be some basic, simple thing. Like could be, could be like the way you laugh and joke around with your friends about certain things. And now after being in a relationship with them for a year, they think it's inappropriate and they don't like it. And like, why do you talk like that when you're with your friends? And your response is, I've always done that. Actually, when you met me at a party, I was doing it then and you were laughing. You thought it was funny. And you've seen me do that for the whole year we've been together when I get around my friends, you know, whether guy, girl, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, you don't like that? There it is. That's that same situation. But nowadays, people will just walk away. They'll just leave. They'll walk away. They won't have that conversation. If it's somebody that you're not living with, it's so much easier to ghost them, so to speak, and just stop talking to them, stop returning their phone calls, stop returning their text messages, to just not talk to them altogether. Most people just won't speak to them. Or it can be even bigger and deeper than that. When my marriage ended, I was the one that was unaccepting of it. I was unaccepted that this was over because I, I grew up in a generation where you don't just quit. You don't just give up. If this was my second marriage, my first one, we had agreed. We had agreed that we wanted different things out of life and we didn't end on a bad note when we ended our marriage. As a matter of fact, to this day, we are like best friends. We talk all the time and uh, we co-parent very, very well with our two children. And But my second marriage, this last one that I had recently, and I say recently, about seven months ago has ended. This one, I was completely unaccepting of it. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want to let it go. And so what I did was I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I kept contacting her. And sometimes she would answer me, sometimes she wouldn't. And her only response at every time was, best thing about you not living in the house anymore is I don't have to answer you if I don't want to. And it was that simple for her. And that's how she did it. And that is another whole new form of ghosting. That's another whole new form of, they don't want to talk to you, they don't have to because they're afraid of that conversation. They're afraid of that conflict. They won't actually give somebody the dignity and the respect to have a conversation with them. And that's what they do. The problem with all this is, is that I was in a place where I wanted to continue it on and I was at the mercy of her. And when you find yourself in a dating situation, that's where you will be. You will find yourself at the mercy of somebody else and you will find yourself only getting what they want to give you. You will find yourself only getting the responses they want to give you. And the only thing I can tell you from this is never let somebody show you twice that they don't want you or show you twice that you're not in importance to them or you're not a priority to them because the right person will. The right person will always show you that you are a priority to them. They want to talk to you and they want to make you an important aspect of their lives because if they want to, they will. Man or woman, it doesn't matter. This is not gender specific. 
if somebody wants to make you an importance in their life, if somebody wants to bring you into their life, to share their life with you, to share their experiences with you, to share their day with you, they will. You will not have to beg for it. You will not have to send messages and wait, pray, hope you get a response. You will not have to sit and wonder if they're ever going to respond because they always will and they will make that very apparent to you. There's a saying that goes, let somebody do what they want to do and they will show you what they want to do. Now I've heard that slightly different that says let somebody do what they're going to do and they will show you what they want to do. It means the same thing. I've just heard it both ways and I figured I would share both of them with you, but it means the same thing. If they're not responding to you, if they're ignoring you, then they're showing you what they want and what they want isn't you. If you're sending them numerous messages or making phone calls and you're not getting an answer to any of them, then they're clearly showing you because nobody is too busy to send back a quick text message. Nobody is too busy to answer the phone real quick and say, can't talk right now, I'll call you back. Or in today's day and age and the way smartphones are, when somebody calls, you can look at your phone and you can click quick reply to where there are already numerous replies saved in your phone. Every phone comes with pre-replies already saved in them, basic ones. You can alter them and change them to whatever you need them to be. And anybody you call, if they cannot take a call at that time, they can hit the button and it'll send you whatever quick reply they choose. It takes two seconds. If you're that important to somebody, they will do it. If you're that important to somebody, they will take the two seconds to show you that you are. It's kind of ironic as I was just recording that part of this podcast, my phone went off and it was a snap from a friend of mine, Mike, and he just sent me a picture of his face that said, happy Monday on it. He'd randomly send stuff like that unprovoked to me all the time just to say hello or hey buddy, checking up on you, just anything. Does it all the time. That, for an example, is just a friend showing you that you're important to them. That they're thinking about you, just checking up on you, saying hey, just saying hello. They could have sent a message to anybody else or not anybody at all. But they took that two seconds to just send one. And maybe they won't reply. Like I sent one back to him of a picture of my face with my headphones on. And he knows I'm recording a podcast, I'm sure. And he may respond, he may not. But it was me just acknowledging it back. And I did it in two seconds while I'm recording this. And that's all it took. And it didn't stop me. It didn't distract me. And had I not told you, you would have never known I'd done that. But it didn't alter anything. But it let him know that, hey, I'm acknowledging you. And it's the same way in a relationship. Whether you're dating somebody, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend like Mike is. And that's all it takes. But the way today's dating pool is and the way people are in relationships nowadays, I don't even think, I wish I could come up with another thing. Acquaintance is the only thing that comes to my mind. You're creating acquaintances, people you know. And that's as far as it goes. I don't think you can actually call them relationships because saying you're in a relationship with somebody that has meaning, that has substance, that has something to it. 
So when should you date? Or when should you not date? Let's get into when you should not date. We'll cover that first. And a lot of it will kind of coincide with the other. And a lot of it will just answer all the questions of when you should or shouldn't date all for the same reasons and all in the same aspect and maybe that's what I'll do as I go on with this maybe I'll just combine it and you'll get the overall entire picture as I explain all of this so dating I'm gonna try not to generalize here but the general consensus so to speak is that you know the younger generation is afraid of commitment and the older generation is damaged from a previous relationship, right? Um, that would say, I guess, it, it comes down to where you're picking your, what age group you're in or what age group you're looking to date in as far as, you know, are you looking for somebody around your age, somebody younger, somebody older? But I think more importantly, there's so many factors that come into play long before that. And it comes down to you and who you are, where you're at in your life, and whether you are ready to date. A lot of people get out of a relationship and jump right into another one. The old, the best way to get over a bad relationship is to get in, is to find a new one. Or the best way to get over an old love is to find a new love. But they're not an old love if you just came out of a relationship. For whatever reason you just came out of a relationship, especially if it's a long-term one, Jumping right into another one, you are in no way prepared to invest anything into a meaningful relationship when part of you is still in that old one. Now, you may have broken up. You may have not even lived with that person, but you still have attachments there. There's still things on your day-to-day -day basis you may or may not have been used to doing with them, so on and so forth. And at the same time, if you were living with somebody, there's still part of you that's still there. You guys may be split up, but there's still a lot of emotional and mental situations that are still a big part of that. And that's not something that just goes away. That's not something that just ends. It doesn't just stop right there. It doesn't just end right there. So there's so much more that comes into play. So diving into a new one, you're not mentally or emotionally prepared for any of that you're not ready to go to that next step to go to that next stage you're not in any way shape or form ready for that next relationship the big part that comes into play and you see it a lot and i see it a lot on a lot of social media but at the same time most of the people that i see saying it i watch other stuff that they post or I watch the way they say it or the way that physically they're reacting or they're moving their body movements, their body language. And they themselves don't believe it. And that saying is you need to learn how to love yourself and how to respect yourself. And you can't fully love somebody else until you do love yourself. And I think a lot of people mistake what that actually means. And loving yourself means knowing who you are, knowing what you truly want out of life and out of a relationship not just a relationship knowing what you will and won't stand for some people call it boundaries i call it setting restrictions setting limits the things you will or will not tolerate the things you will or will not put up with and most of it is learned behavior most of it is learned from other relationships you've been in, in the past 
and you have learned what things you can and cannot live with, you can and cannot deal with, things that just don't work for you, that you don't want out of a relationship, things that happen in a relationship that may not even be that bad, they just are unacceptable to you. And until you fully know and understand these things, you have no way to set your own, we'll use the word boundaries, you have no way to set your own boundaries or your own parameters going into a new relationship. So how do you know what to truly look for and the signs to look for whether or not they're that type of person to do those things if you haven't yet processed it, figured it out, and got yourself back to a place in your life where you are 100% secure with yourself, you are 100% independent with yourself, and you are 100% ready to go on and accept somebody else into the life that you have created, that you have developed for yourself, and that you will now be willing to share with them. You can't know what you're looking for if you don't know what you want. And you can't know what you want until you don't know. Let me rephrase that. You can't know what you want if you don't know what you don't want. I know that sounds slightly confusing, but let's just take, for example, if you were in a past relationship and you felt for whatever reason that that person wasn't fulfilling your needs. They weren't meeting your needs on a level. Maybe you're a needy person in a relationship and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Some people are. I find myself to be the same way sometimes. You need to feel like you're important to that other person. You need to be reassured that you are a priority in their lives. And that's just not something you can deal with not having. Okay, and when it becomes a more serious relationship or a marriage in a situation where maybe you have kids or you, you just live together and life gets in the way and things become more routine than anything, that becomes a big problem if you're that type of person because people don't always think to reassure their partner, to remind their partner, you know, other things happen in life and you get distracted and maybe you didn't get that all the time from your partner and that may or may not be their fault and it may or may not been intentional but the situation is still there that that's what it was so if you haven't fully accepted that how do you know what to look for going into another relationship and more importantly are they the type of person that you can tell them right from the beginning listen these are the things that I like in a relationship. These are the things I don't like in a relationship. And you need to be at a place where you can sit somebody down and feel confident enough in yourself that you can have a conversation like that with somebody. A lot of people refrain from having conversations like that early on in a relationship for many reasons. Maybe it might be they're afraid that they'll run off and they'll scare them off right from the start. Maybe they just don't know how to have those conversations. Or maybe it's just a lack of confidence within themselves. And that's where not already knowing ahead of time, not taking that time being single, being alone, and learning how to become independent, learning how to love yourself, which seems to be a serious flaw in today's day and age. People don't know how to truly love themselves. They don't know how to truly respect themselves, how to truly be alone and be okay and be comfortable with it. If you can't be comfortable being alone, you constantly need somebody that leaves you very vulnerable to whatever 
those people are going to bring into that relationship. That leaves you very vulnerable for whatever they're going to do to you mentally, maybe physically. The list goes on. If you're not confident enough in yourself, if you haven't learned how to love yourself, you should not be going into a relationship. You should not be dating because that makes you what some people would refer to as a victim. Now, I would like to think that people won't intentionally do things like that or prey on people like that, but it is a fact that there are people out there like that and people do do these things. They actually look for people like that that don't have the confidence, that don't have the strength within themselves, that won't stand up for themselves and don't know how to truly love themselves and they know that those types of people are very dependent on other people. And that is a prime target for somebody who is a narcissist. That's exactly what they do. They prey on people like that because they know they can easily manipulate you and they know they can easily convince you, train you, teach you to be exactly what they want you to be. And unless you love yourself, unless you're confident in yourself, unless you have the strength and the willpower to stand up for yourself, you become the victim of somebody like that. You will go through the same thing over and over again. They say that you will keep repeating the same patterns over and over again until you learn the lesson. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm not here to push religion on you. But that expression is used over and over again, many times over. They say God will put you through the same thing over and over and over again until you learn the lesson he is trying to teach you. And unfortunately, that is very, very true. A lot of people repeat the same patterns in dating over and over again because they haven't taken the time to become independent. You should never need somebody in your life to complete you, make you feel complete, or to make you feel like you're worth something. On that note, having somebody in your life that does complete you and does make you a priority and does make you feel like you are worth something or worth everything to them is a huge bonus. That is a win. That is when you know that you are in the right relationship. That's when you know that you are with the right person. If they make you feel that, and there are no exceptions, there are no clauses, there are no loopholes. It's not that they will make you feel that, but there's no but. You give to a relationship exactly what you want out of it. If you're not giving your partner, if you're not giving the other person you're with everything that they need, they're not going to give it to you. And in some cases, many cases, I have been in this exact situation, they will continue to give it to you anyway, even though they're not getting back, but eventually they will get sick of it. They will get tired of that. And that in itself is a whole nother topic, but it is very important to be mentioned here because once you are no longer drowned out by the need of having to have somebody else, once you are no longer drowned out by the need to have somebody else make you feel like you are worth something, like I said, having that and having somebody that makes you feel like you're worth something is a huge bonus. But the need to have it because you don't have it on your own makes you very vulnerable. And at the same time, 
It does not allow you to focus on and pay attention to the signs your partner is giving you, to the things they're telling you that they need or showing you that they need and they want from you. And that becomes a huge problem because then it doesn't allow you to give them what they need. And then when they don't give you what you need, you fall victim to the same exact situation that took you out of your last relationship. The problem with that is, is you become a very bitter person. You become the type of person that starts classifying everybody. If you're a girl, you say all men are the same. If you're a man, you say all girls are the same. They all play the same game. Well, why? Why is it happening that way? Why does the same pattern keep repeating itself? Because you keep doing the same things over and over again. You haven't learned yet to love yourself. You haven't learned yet to respect yourself. You haven't learned yet to be independent and figure out how to get life, get through life on your own. So you're relying on it from somebody else. That's only going to keep leading you down that same path. So if you haven't gotten to that stage to where you are 100% independent, you know how to love yourself, you know what you deserve, you know your worth. If somebody's not treating you right, if they're not giving you the things that you need, that you've told them and showed them what you need, then they're not, they're not respecting you. They're not respecting your worth. They're not making you feel like you're worthy. And that is a huge problem. Because that relationship is never going to grow. It's never going to prosper. And one or both of you were not yet ready to date. Because you weren't yet to that stage. On the opposite side, this is very important. You can't get to know anybody if you're trying to get to know everybody. It's something for you to think about if you're that person, especially with dating apps nowadays. I know people that I laugh at and I tell them, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm just scrolling through my matches. And they'll send a message of this one, a message of that one. And they're weighing their options. And I actually said to him, why don't you just pick one and try talking to them? See where it goes. If it doesn't go anywhere, then go look at another one. Instead of sending multiples, because then what do you do when two, three, four of them answer you back at the same time? He says, well, then I just reply to him. I'm not going to be rude. I said, but here's the thing. Do they know that you're replying to multiple women? And he said, well, they're probably doing the same thing. And it might have been the saddest thing I've ever heard. But unfortunately, it's very accurate. And even though he was trying to justify this to me, it still, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I told him, I said, I get it. I get what you're doing. I, I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. And I said, and I understand your philosophy on it, but... I said, it just seems very wrong to me. I said, wouldn't it logically make sense to just respond to one, see what happens? If it works out, great. But if it doesn't, then you pick the next one. And he says, yeah, probably. But he continued to do the same thing. 
So an important question, if you do choose to start dating, an important question right from the beginning is ask that other person. Are you talking to other people or are you talking to me, seeing where this goes or if it turns into anything or, you know, what are you doing? Just be honest with me up front. And you can usually tell you don't have to be an FBI agent. You don't have to be a mind reader. I covered that in the last podcast as well called That's the Problem. Nobody's a mind reader. And you don't have to be to be able to tell if they're lying to you. If you ask that question, if you look somebody right in the face, I mean, don't ask them over text message or snap or a phone call. Wait until you're face to face with them and then ask them straight out. Because anybody can take a minute to reply or type anything they want or pause for a second on the phone or whatever it may be. But to ask somebody a question like that face to face, did they look away? Did they look down? Or did they look you right in the face and give you an answer without thinking about it? Because if they do and they tell you, no, I'm not talking to anybody else. I figured I would talk to you and see what this is or any response along those lines. But if they answer you back right away and they look you right in the face and they don't break eye contact, then there's a good chance they're telling you the truth. But if they do anything else, if they become fidgety, they look nervous, they look down at their phone, they look in a different direction, or they repeat the question back to you, that's always a sure sign that somebody is more than likely lying to you if they repeat the question back to you. Like if you say, are you talking to other girls? And he looks at you and says, am I talking to other girls? He's lying. I will almost 100% guarantee you he's lying to you. You need to know. You need to ask them right out. So if you are going to start dating, there's signs you need to look for. There's things that you need to notice right off the bat. Because like I said, if you have followed this along and you have listened to the advice I'm giving you, and you have already learned to truly love and respect yourself, you're not going to let somebody walk on you like that. You're going to take your past experiences, maybe not only yours, but other ones that you have learned. I've learned a lot from my past relationships, things that have been done wrong to me, things that I have done wrong myself that I had to come to terms with and realize that maybe that wasn't the best thing I could have done in that relationship. Maybe in that situation, that wasn't the best reaction I could have had. I know one of my biggest flaws through a good portion of my life, and there's many reasons for it that I won't sit here and recite because I would never try to justify this action. I know that I've done it for a long time, and I know that it was definitely an issue in my previous marriage. I don't by any means think that it was the basis of our separation, but it definitely contributed to part of the issues in our marriage was that I react off of emotion versus say we're in a disagreement I would react off of emotion I've always been the type where somebody says something to me that I know ahead of time that they're well aware it's the one thing they can say to me to hurt me or to cause me pain or to get under my skin or to make me upset in any way and they still consciously chose to say that to me my initial response was always to say something back just as bad. Because in my mind, 
They purposely intended to hurt me. So I'm now going to make them feel the way they made me feel. Is it right? No, not by any means. And a lot of people do it. It is a common reaction to a situation for many, many, many people. Does that make it okay that I did it? Absolutely not. And that was one of the biggest things I had to learn. And I should have learned it many years ago. But not many people have ever brought it to my attention. I knew I was doing it. I never thought it was that wrong because nobody ever really put it in my face like my ex-wife did. She definitely made it very apparent to me. And she was right. She was 100% correct. And that's one thing that I had to learn. And I still do it to this day in some situations. I've definitely backed way away from it. And that's because I found that I was not only doing it in personal relationships, but I was doing it with family members. I was doing it with friends. And so my new alternative is to address a situation in the manner of when something happens, something comes up, and I know I'm about to get pretty mean. I will back away from the situation. I will think about what was said to me. I'll think about why the conversation led to that, and then I'll reapproach it differently after I've taken a couple seconds to think about it. And it has helped me out. It has gotten me out of a lot of situations that could have gone in a much different direction. And so I have learned from that. But I've also learned at the same time that not every action deserves my attention. Not every action deserves a reaction. In some people, I just ignore them. In such cases, some people send me text messages and I know that what they had written in the message was to piss me off. And so I'll purposely just put my phone down and not address it. Whereas before I would have just blown their phone up. So I avoid it for those reasons. But when you've gotten yourself to that place where you have learned what you will or will not put up with, not only from the relationships you have been in, but other relationships you have seen and witnessed and watched things happen around you, And you've acknowledged those situations and thought, I would never let a man talk to me that way. Or I would never let a man do that. I would never let, if I was in a relationship, I would never let my man go here or go there, such as go to a strip club. Or I would never let my girlfriend go and hang out with a bunch of guys like that at a bar. Guys I know that are interested in her. Things like that. And you have developed a sense of what you want and what you don't want, what you will put up with and what you won't, you can address that right from the beginning. And they're all very important things that you should address from the beginning. You should be able to have open dialogue, open conversations with anybody you start to talk to and start to date. And that's really part of the fun of dating and getting to know somebody is you can address these things. But Unfortunately, in many cases, when you start to date somebody and you get to know somebody, you talk about everything under the sun except for the very important things. And the very important things are things that are going to either build or break your relationship moving forward. Getting to know somebody, it's great to learn about their family and the things they've done and where they work and where they have worked or where they went to school, college, high school, etc., sports they've played. You know, and things they've done in their life, maybe vacations. It, it's fun and it's interesting to learn these things about other people. But what you need to learn about them is don't be shy, afraid, jealous, intimidated, 
or anything of the sort to ask them about a previous relationship. If I started dating, now mind you, until the pool company comes, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, we're not jumping in that pool. I have no interest in I have a lot I need to work on on myself before, which is the basis of this podcast. It's all things that I have learned myself and have learned by watching and listening to other people that have gone through similar situations. But I have a lot to learn myself before I think about even getting back into the dating game. But if I were to go back into the dating game and I started dating somebody, and they told me they had just gotten out of a 5, 10 year, 15 year marriage that ended. I want to know why. I want them to tell me why. Now, I've heard stories from men and women that have been friends of mine, family members of mine, that have gotten out of relationships, breakups from boyfriend, girlfriend, fiancés, long-term relationships, marriages. I've heard stories from all of them and from both sides. And I've heard it from both, both different sides of the coin, both angles of the story. And I've witnessed a lot of it myself. And I've also been in my own fair share. So if I ask a girl, well, why did you just get out of it? Or why have you recently been out of a 10-year marriage? What happened? If she tells me it's too personal or she's not ready to talk about it, it may be too early on. And that very well may be the case. It also may be that she's trying to hide something. But I can usually tell as a story goes on whether somebody's feeding me a line of crap or not. And I can base my assessments. I can make decisions, judgments, so to speak, or... I can make assessments off what she's telling me of whether or not this is a relationship I want to get into or this is a person that I could see myself getting into a long-term relationship with. You listen to their stories. You listen to things that happen. Or you pose questions as they're telling their story. You can ask them if they tell you, you know, he used to do this and it drove me up a wall. You can say, okay, well, when he did that, how'd you react to it? What did you say to him? And go from there. And you can decide the type of person they are or how, if you're ever in that situation with them, how they will react to you. Now, it's not always going to be the truth and you may not see it. And this is where it comes into play where the things you will see right off the bat will make you blindsided, will fool you. Things you won't even realize are happening or sad or things you won't catch on to. Like I said before, the red flags, so to speak, for lack of a better term, are the signs that you miss in the beginning will be your demise in the end. The same thing had happened to me. I'd entered into a relationship with somebody, but before I'd entered into that relationship with them, I was friends with them. And they had told me that they were having a problem with this guy they'd been in a relationship with for five years. And they weren't spending the time with them. They weren't paying attention to him. They weren't uh, treating them the way they thought they should be treated. And I said, well, did you talk to him? And she says, well, yeah, kind of. You know, I've tried. And I said, okay, well, how did you try? And usually when you ask somebody that, most of the time they don't have an answer. And it's because they didn't truly try, but they believe in their head that they did. 
And that's because they've been dwelling on the issue for so long that they haven't accepted the fact that they didn't actually try. They didn't actually sit down and have a serious conversation with that person. So I had coached her through it. I had talked to her repeatedly over and over. I said, listen, you have to sit this guy down. You have to make him talk to you. Or at one point she did say that she had tried to talk to him after her and I talked a few times. She said, I did try to talk to him, but he just, he won't listen. He won't sit down and really talk to me. And he doesn't really listen to what I'm saying to him. And I don't think I'm getting anywhere. And I'm like, listen, sit him down. If it means something to you, if it's that important to you, you have two choices. You walk away or you make him listen to you. If you try and he doesn't want to, then you know where you stand and get out. But if you mean something to him, if it's important to him, he will sit down and talk to you. He may be a little restricted at first. He may not know what to say. He might not be the type of person that's easy at opening up and expressing his feelings. But he will listen to what you're saying. And you will be able to tell if he is giving you his full attention or not. Or if he's just letting you talk, waiting for you to shut up so he can move past it and pretend the problem isn't there hoping it just goes away. Sit him down. Make him listen to you. Inevitably, the relationship ended. A period of time later, her and I, we stayed friends this time. A period of time later, a few months after that, her and I started dating. And it didn't really seem like she was an issue when it came to sitting down and talking, discussing problems. She seemed very strong-willed. Uh, she seemed like the type of girl that didn't take any shit from anybody. She seemed like the type of girl that, you know, really put her foot down, said what she thought, never held back, and uh, there was no second-guessing with her. But the reason it seemed like that is because we didn't argue about anything in the beginning. We didn't disagree on things. We didn't fight. We had a lot of fun. We were in that honeymoon stage, and uh, everything was just great. We were in that infatuation stage. And so we didn't have those issues. We didn't have those things going on. So it didn't seem like she was any different. Over the length of time we were together, I heard her talk just briefly, sometimes with girlfriends of hers, or sometimes she would mention something to me and it would just randomly come up and she would say something here or there about somebody else she had dated in the past and, and about an issue they had. And it all started to add up to me, but I still didn't pay it much mind. But it started to add up to me that that's the same situation you had with the last guy that I tried to help you with. And I'm like, okay, and I just kind of blew it off because it still wasn't an issue with her and I. But it was becoming a coincidence. Ultimately, when her and I ended, it was the same exact thing. I was the one that kept trying to talk to her. I was the one that kept trying to work through the problems. And she never had anything to say, but her response always was that I would talk too much and I wouldn't let her talk. Or I would judge her if she did talk. I would make her feel like her feelings and her opinions weren't important. And the worst part about that was it wasn't even an option for me to do because she never actually shared those feelings or those opinions with me to the point where she would repeatedly express I can't just talk about feelings or I can't just be emotional or express emotion like you do. So she was very adamant about that. But then she was also very adamant about the point that she would express emotion and I would make her feel bad about it. So which one was it? She wasn't able to express it or she did express it all the time and I made her feel bad about it. So it didn't make any sense. It just wasn't there. She wasn't the type of person to 
actually sit down and talk about a problem. She was the type of person to dwell on it forever. And then once it got so bad and she felt so horrible about it or felt beat down over it or like there was no resolution to it, she felt like she tried everything she could when she actually didn't do anything at all. So this is the point that I'm trying to make. So you ask this other person, okay, well, that happened in your relationship. How did you deal with it? Or she would, you know, if she tells you or if he tells you, you're, you know, you're a girl, you're on a date with a guy and he tells you, you know, I tried to talk to her all the time. You know, I was always doing all the housework or I was always paying all the bills or I was always making all the plans every time we went out to do something. She wouldn't do any of that. So ask him, well, did you ever tell her that? Did you sit her down and actually talk to her? Not like just sitting there watching TV and just kind of mention it back and forth while you're still watching the show that you are watching or something along those lines. Did you sit her down, say on a couch or at the kitchen table, turn your chairs towards each other so you're facing each other, turn towards each other on the couch, look each other right in the eyes, maybe grab her hands and hold her hands. Did you do that? Did you look her in the face and say, listen, this is going on. I don't like this. I'm not happy with this. And if we can't come to a compromise and we can't change it, this is sadly where I see us going. Did you do anything like that and then get a response out of her? And if he can't answer you or if she can't answer you, then you know that's a problem. Now, is that a problem for you? Because now you're getting invested in this other person. You're getting to know this other person. So it's better off to find out right from the start. So the getting to know each other stage, so many people overlook the important things. And there's so much more to the important things than just that. And I know that kind of seems like you're prying into their life or prying into their personal life. But if you're about to get invested in their life, if you're about to go into something long-term with them, aren't these things that you feel you should know ahead of time? Because had I done this in previous relationships, I'm pretty sure I could have saved myself a lot of heartache over the years. But once I give somebody my time, I do overlook a lot of things. And I have in the past, and that's another thing I'm trying to change, and that's why I'm giving this advice to you. But I have overlooked a lot of things, and I have let a lot of things go that I shouldn't have. There's an old saying that loyalty in your heart will keep you in situations that common sense should take you out of. And that is true down to every word. Because a person that is true to being loyal to somebody else, a person that is true to following their heart and doing what they think their heart wants, what they feel that they want, will keep you in a situation and allow you to put up things, put up with things that you know Common sense would tell you, this isn't for you. This isn't working for you. This isn't going to end well for you. You need to know and acknowledge these things. But ask all kinds of important questions. If you plan on having kids with them, or let's say you already have kids from a previous relationship, that's an important thing to cover. And the getting to know them stage Say you're a girl, you're going into this new relationship. You're starting to talk to somebody, you're getting to know somebody. But you have a kid from a previous relationship, or two kids, or three kids, whatever the case may be. Ask that other person, do you have kids? How do you feel about kids? 
How do you feel about dating somebody with kids? Be very apparent with them. Be very open with them. If the conversation seems to be going well and it's going in your favor, maybe go a little deeper than that. Ask them about their parenting methods. How do you parent? How do you, how do you view and see discipline? Give a scenario. If my child or your child does this, how would you react? A very important one, especially if you're entering into a relationship where there are kids involved that in a marriage would be stepchildren. They're yours or they're his or hers or whatever the case may be from a previous relationship. Ask them this. If it came down to a situation where one of us disciplined our kids from previous relationships or kids you may have with that person in the future. That's not the important part, but one of us disciplines one of the children. Say, I discipline one of the kids and you disagree with the way that I did it. What would your reaction be? Ideally, I feel in any situation like that, regardless of whether it's the other person's kids or your kids together with them or, you know, your kids, whatever the case may be. Ideally, I feel that you should back that other parent up in front of the kid. And then after the fact, you know, as long as it doesn't get out of control to where you have to intervene. But if it's just basic and but you don't agree with it, you back them up in front of the kid. And then pull them aside after and say, listen, I don't agree with that. This is what I would have done. And then discuss it. And on that note, can they handle the criticism? Are they a type of person that can handle a conversation like that, a mature conversation? And then the two of you can come to a compromise and overcome it moving forward from there. That's another important thing if there are kids involved. There's so many things, and I know this is kind of like a rabbit hole, but I'm giving you all these circumstances and all these scenarios, all these instances of things that you should be asking somebody going into a dating relationship and not just the basics like, what was your childhood like growing up or where'd you go to school or what do you do for a living? All those things are important. But if you're seriously considering getting into a relationship that's going to go somewhere and lead somewhere. There's a lot of more important things that need to be discussed along the way with those things, not just solely, but with those things that could save you a lot of heartache later on, that could save you a lot down the road. But if you don't ask these very important questions or you don't have these very important conversations, how are you ever going to know these things before it's too late, before you waste each other's time, before you waste your own time? You can spend money and you can get it back. You can lose material things and get it back. Once your time is invested, you can't get it back. It's gone. Make the most out of it. If you're entering into dating, if you have built yourself up and you're at the point where you love yourself, you respect yourself, you know what you do and you don't want out of life, what you do and you don't want out of a relationship. At that point, protect it. 
Protect it by asking the important questions. Protect it by not being demanding, not being rude, but being very open, honest, and apparent with that other person about where you stand on certain things. About how you feel about certain situations. And make it known. Because the right person who truly wants to be invested in you, who truly wants to get to know you, is not going to be bothered by that. They're not going to be scared off by that. Because if they're the right person for you, that means they have already learned how to love and respect themselves just like you have. They have also learned how to decide, develop, and experience the things that they will and will not put up with, the things that they will and will not accept in their lives and in a relationship. So they for sure will have some things for you as well. You always stand to be in a situation where many of the same things will align. And that just makes it that much better. It's just one more way to bond. It's one more way to grow stronger. It's one more way to develop a deeper, more meaningful connection. So by avoiding these important things, you're not only risking to fall victim to going through all of them again like you did in previous relationships that didn't work out. You risk throwing opportunities away to create a deeper, stronger bond with this new person. You're leaving so much on the table that could bring you so much in return. It could bring you so much more happiness. It could bring you so much more security. It could bring you so much more safety. A feeling of safety, a feeling of comfortability, a feeling of security is something that only the right person can bring you. And I say that because there's another way to say it. A sense of security, a sense of safety, a sense of comfortability is something that somebody will make you feel with doubt. Let me explain. They will make you feel like you can be safe around them. They will make you feel like you can be comfortable around them, like you can relax. But there's always that little piece that you're questioning. You feel like you can have these things with them and around them. But at the same time, you always feel yourself questioning all of their intentions, all their motives. You find yourself feeling that way, but at the same time, something's just not right. Unfortunately, that usually means you're being manipulated. That usually means that you're with a narcissist or somebody that gaslights. I'm not going to break down the definition of both of those two. Those will be in another podcast I plan on doing soon, covering narcissists and gaslighting all on its own. It's such a wide, wide range um, but I will be covering both of those and transference in another podcast. Um, but that's the sense of those things 
versus the feeling of them. I know they sound very similar and a lot of people mistake them for the same thing. They definitely are not. When you truly feel those things with somebody else, that goes deeper than your heart, deeper than your mind, that goes right to your soul. You can feel it. You have no doubts, no reservations, no restrictions about it. It's there and it's real. And it can easily, easily put you in a position where you mistake one for the other. It comes right back to knowing what you're looking for, knowing the signs, and knowing yourself. It's all things in that relationship that you will be prepared for if you take the steps from the beginning. And the steps from the beginning, again, and I know I sound like a broken record, but I can't say it enough. It's knowing how to love yourself, how to respect yourself, how to be 100% independent and comfortable with being alone before you allow somebody else into your world. This is your world. They're just living in it. I am still learning all this myself, but I plead with you to get on the same page if you find yourself in the same place in life that I am in, where you are not ready to date. You're not ready to get into that next relationship, but you know eventually you will be and you want to be as prepared as you can be to not repeat the same patterns you have up until this point in your life. And if you don't think you have repeated those same patterns, take a look back, reflect on relationships you've been on, been in, in your life, and where you are today. Why haven't any of them worked out? Surely it's easy to say you have bad choices in men or bad choices in women. That's easy. That's a cop-out. There is absolutely no sense. There's no... There's no reasoning in trying to say that they were all the other person. At some point along the way, you have to admit that many times it was you. Whether it was things you've done or things you've allowed to happen, the same things repeated and you found yourself in the same places over and over and over again. Break the pattern, break the cycle.